Uh, welcome to Sam Pepples. The purpose of this series is to make philosophy accessible to the working public. The nature of God has always been a subject of philosophy, though this subject usually reached. It reaches the working man in its most practical form, religion. However, that may be changing in large part, at least in the Western world, thanks to freedom from much of the physical threats of the past. Even the working man now is free to study the nature of God and to reject or accept that nature. Most in the modern world do not seem to care and are too scared to deal with the choice, given the problem of Islam and the irrational marketing against religion that is so prevalent and not counterbalanced by any rational responses, but is simply opposed by even more irrational marketing by religious hypocrites that are no better at theological thought than their secular opponents. For those who do care, hopefully this series will give you a basic foundation for rational contemplation of the nature of God and of religion. The study of God was not given the name theology until the Christian era as a means to differentiate a study of the Christian God from the pagan philosopher's study of civil or secular gods. Gradually in the Christian era, as exemplified by the philosopher St. Augustine in his book The City of God, there began a distinction between the earthly city of Caesar and the heavenly city of God. As it says in the Bible, Render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. With that kind of thought, theology became its own discipline, intended or defined to be the study of the Christian God. However, such definition is not a basis to ridicule medieval theology and philosophy as somehow being unsophisticated and dogmatic as so many modern pundits seem to ridicule it as medieval theology and philosophy was very sophisticated, covered all of the ideas not only that the ancient Greeks covered, but also the modern philosophy covers. In fact, it was during this time period that Greek philosophy was rediscovered and Christianity became almost platonic in its philosophy. And this rediscovery led to the Renaissance and the modern scientific revolution. Medieval philosophy and theology was very disciplined and dealt with the same complex questions as dealt by the ancients and by modern philosophers. Medieval philosophers such as St. Thomas Aquinas created a vast, complex, convoluted philosophical systems trying to explain everything from the laws of the physical universe to individual morality. And such did not occur in some kind of random or undisciplined study. Middle Ages, any kind of philosophical thesis was expected to be published and publicly defended and open to public criticism. This is what led to the modern procedure for PhD dissertations. Many philosophical concepts and techniques that were developed during the Middle Ages are still used. For example, William of Ockham and Ockham's Razor, which is a principle that in a way rediscovers the school of Pythagoras in their mathematical principles. Ockham's Razor states that among competing theories or explanations for any event, the one with the fewest assumptions should be selected. This Ockham's Razor is still a basic technique used in modern science, either as a epistemological theory, that is a theory of knowledge, or simply as a basic for scientific logic. Modern secular dogmatists continue to raise Galileo as some kind of example of a medieval theology being primitive, but they're more primitive and ignorant in the way they report the Galileo incident than in making it any type of basic critique. Galileo was criticized and sanctioned because he could not support his thesis. All the scientific evidence at the time, based on the physics of Aristotle, indicated that the sun revolved around the earth. 
And he had this intuition that it was the earth revolving around the sun, but he could not support it in any kind of physical evidence. He wanted his intuition to be accepted on its own. So if one actually looks at the Galileo incident, based on the public criticism and critique and examination, and on the church's argument that most of human knowledge is relative and cannot be absolute, the church was actually right in criticizing him and sanctioning him because he had no evidence for it at the time. And we now know, based on Einstein's relativity physics, that in many ways the church is right. Position is relative. Space-time is relative. If we had a sufficiently complex mathematical model, you could create a theory and a mathematical model that has the sun revolving around the earth. But based on Ockham's razor, the simple model, the simple explanation is to make the sun the center of the solar system. So taking that simpler model and the fact that space-time is relative, we now accept the sun as the center of the solar system. But this is a relative model. There is no such thing as absolute motion or absolute position in space-time in the universe. Uh, everything is relative. So the modern pundits that use Galileo as a uh, basis to ridicule medieval theology are simply doing it out of ignorance and are more unsophisticated, uneducated, and ignorant than any of the medieval philosophers. <laughs> 